Mother's Day, I'm going to ask if you would take your Bibles and turn to John chapter 19. I know that you have already looked in your bulletins and noticed that there are seven points to this message and you're beginning to figure out, oh my goodness, we've got a lunch appointment at noon. I promise that you'll make it. I also promise you this morning that this is going to be rather sappy. It's Mother's Day. There are some things that uh, we can say on Mother's Day that we can't say much about any other time of the year. But I want to talk to you about seven ways to love your mother. And in John chapter 19, I'm going to read verses 26 and 27. This is when Jesus was hanging on the cross. And the scripture says, when Jesus saw his mother there and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, dear woman, here is your son. And to the disciple, here is your mother. And from that time on, this disciple took her into his home. Father God, we have had a lot of fun already this morning with videos and opportunities to hug our moms and other people's moms and people who are significant in our life. And on this Mother's Day, I ask that you would begin to send a special blessing to those whom you have gifted with characteristics and personality traits that are different than any other people in the world. Because as mothers, there are things about their lives that uniquely wove us into who we are. And Father, we pray today that you would bless them. And I ask, Father, as we begin to think of ways that we can demonstrate our love, that you would help us so that we can say and do things to demonstrate to these precious people in our life that there's nobody in the world like mom. And so I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. On this particular day when Jesus was hanging on the cross... Mary had already witnessed things that day that probably are worse than what any other mother has ever had to go through in the history of the world. Every mother has a deep-seated belief that their children are just about as close to perfect as can be. But Mary was the only one that could really say that and mean it. And here is her son being punished for crimes that he did not commit, innocent in every way. It was both a physical and a spiritual event because he was fully God and he was fully man. And Mary standing there at the foot of that cross is looking up and I would imagine that she had cried every tear that she had within her body and perhaps by now there's no tears or moisture left within her face to weep as the streams from the dust have made marks down her face and she's looking up at her son in the final moments of his physical life and perhaps has been asking questions of all this time going, why? Why? This doesn't make any sense. John, a disciple whom Jesus had loved very much, is standing beside her. And Jesus in this moment represents both the fully God side and the fully man side. As the fully God side, he's standing there and he's taking upon himself all of the sin and the sickness and the evil of our world from the past, the present, and even into the future. He was dying for things that I had not even committed sins for yet. And all of this weight is being placed upon him. And as God, he is, he is there handling this and taking my place and your place for you. In this moment of agony, and the scripture even lets us know that there came a moment in time when the ugliness of the sin that was placed upon Jesus caused God the Father to turn his head. It was such an ugly scene spiritually. And I was thinking about that and I realized as I was reading through the Scriptures and reading the different Gospels that never once is there ever a mention that Mary, the mother of Jesus, ever turned her head away from her son. And the ugliness of it all 
She never took her eyes off her baby boy. And Jesus on the cross bearing the weight of the world, dealing with eternal matters in the final breaths of his life, looked at his mom and he looked at John and he said, Mom, this is now your son. You need somebody that you can love. And John, this is now your mother. She needs you because there's a lot of love in her heart that she needs to be able to give to somebody. And he joined them together as mother and son in that morning, in that moment, showing how important it was to even us today to take care of our mothers. You cannot willfully wrong your mother and be right with God. If your mother is still alive, regardless of you or her age, you can love her in these seven ways. There's many, many more, but I just want to list for you briefly this morning seven ways that you can love your mother. The first one is loving her verbally. I thought it was kind of funny on that video that they brought up the fact that, yeah, I told my mom I loved her when I was five and I've never said it since. You know, mom's got to understand these things. It seems as if men especially have a philosophy that I don't have to say I love you. I show it to you. I, you know, I, I, I do different things for you. And if I change my mind, mom, I'll let you know. Or I do things for her, you know, and, and then she knows, she knows I love her. She knows how I feel. I don't have to say the words to her. My, you know, mom just knows. I want you to know something, men and boys and teenagers, and your mom needs to hear from you that you love her. Your words mean a great deal to her. Children need to hear it. Saying it makes you more of a man, not less of a man. Spouses need to hear it too. I was going through some letters and reading some things online about Mother's Day the last couple of weeks, and I came across an old Dear Abby letter that said this. A man said, I enlisted shortly after Pearl Harbor, and 36 days later I was on my way to the Philippines. En route to the Philippines, they fell to the Japanese, and we were rerouted to Australia. Eleven days after we landed, I met the most beautiful girl in the world, and on our first date I told her I was going to marry her. I did, 18 months later, while I was on a 10-day R&R leave from New Guinea. After more than 57 years of marriage and two children, my beloved Mary died five days before Christmas. Although we agreed that our ashes would be scattered over the mountains, I found that I could not part with hers. While Mary was was alive, she would frequently say to me, You know how much I love you? And I would always reply, Likewise, likewise. I never said to her, I love you. Now her ashes are on my dresser and I tell her several times a day how much I love her, but it's too late. I would write to her poetry from time to time, but I could not bring myself to say the three words that I knew that she wanted to hear from me the most. As my dearest was dying, and I thought that she was in a coma, I told her as I whispered in her ear, there aren't enough words for me to express to you to tell you how much I love you. A few hours later, in just a moment, she opened her eyes, looked at me, smiled and whispered, Not enough words. And then she died. The reason I'm writing is to urge men to express their feelings while their loved ones are alive. I don't know why, but many men are reluctant to express the depth of their feelings. Signed, Missing Mary in Colorado. Our spouses need to hear it. Our children need to hear it. Our mothers need to hear it. And there are some men that would be here this morning and say, You know what, I'm I'm really not turned that way. Then turn around. I'm not really comfortable, <clears throat> then be uncomfortable. Some men say, well, you know, my, my folks just never said that to me. Well, then be the first generation to change things in your home. 
be the first one to start using the words out loud that I love you. So love your mom verbally. Secondly, love her physically. When was the last time you gave her a big hug without asking for anything? Especially the children. When was the last time you gave her a big kiss on the cheek or just gave her a neck rub? Or for some of you whose mothers may be a little older, when was the last time you just sat next to her and held her hand? She's the first person who ever touched you. She wrapped you in her womb for months and you came out and it was the first priority that she had in your life was to be the first one to hold you so that you could look her in the eyes and she in your eyes and there could instantly become that bond. She cuddled you. She breastfed you. She stroked your head. She rubbed your feet. She held your cheeks against hers. She gave you a finger to grasp and in love she did all these things, including as you got older, she groomed you with her spit and her thumb. When you were little, she would say, give me some sugar. And you'd pucker up and accept her big, sloppy, wet kiss all over your face. And then you'd say, thank you. You'd give her bear hugs so tight that she didn't even have to hold on to you because you were just hanging on. You'd just cling to her as she walked around. She changed your diapers. She potty trained you. She held the Kleenex for you while you learned to blow your nose. She wiped food off your face for many of you years longer than she should have had to. She constantly touched you. Then she had to hand you off to someone else for some of you. She's had to endure some heavy changes, but she deserves your touch. And she should never have to give up on your physical touch completely. In fact, for some of you, it would mean more to your mother to have you hug her and to kiss her than it would the flowers that you would send or the cards that you give or giving her candy or eating out or the diamond necklace that you bought her. Well, maybe not the diamond necklace. When I was a youth pastor in Long Island, my Friday mornings were spent going to the nursing home and I would box up a box of old hymnals and I would take them to the nursing home and They would bring several people in and we would hand out those. And there was never a Friday that went by when there wasn't some of those old ladies that would grab my 20, mid-20s face and pinch my cheeks. And some of them would slap me on the hiney when I was walking by. But there was something about those old mothers that, that just pawing at you because so desperately that they desire physical contact. And I would go home and tell my wife, hey, Ethel was after me again. You better watch out. But there was something about being able to touch that just invigorated those mother's hearts. Moms are starved for some physical touch. So, sons and daughters, if you're able, give mom a hug. Give her a kiss. Because that's a way you can tell her that you love her. So love her physically and love her verbally. Thirdly, love her patiently. Mothers have an incredible job with no pay. No position in the business world compares to the physical, emotional, and spiritual commitment that she has in motherhood. One individual had had census papers sent to their house, and as she was filling those out for her household, indicating how many children that she had and the area that she lived and what their jobs was and things of that, she noticed that there was not a space given under jobs you hold for a stay-at-home mom. 
And so she inquired when the census taker came back and asked about this. And he said, oh, you just, you check, no occupation. So she wrote this poem. It's called No Occupation. She rises up at the break of day and through her tasks she raises. She cooks the meals as best she may and scrubs the children's faces. While school books, lunches, homework too all need consideration. And yet the census man insists she has no occupation. When breakfast dishes all are done and she bakes a pudding maybe, she cleans up the rooms one by one with one eye watching the baby. Then the washing pile she attacks by way of variation, and yet the census man insists she has no occupation. She irons for a little while and then presses pants for daddy. She welcomes with a cheery smile, returning lass and laddie. A hearty dinner next she cooks, no time for relaxation, and yet the census man insists, you must check that you have no occupation. I sense just a little bitterness there in her poem. Don't ever mistake... Make the mistake of asking a lady, do you work or do you stay at home and raise your kids? That's as bad as asking somebody, when are you expecting that is not pregnant? Those are mistakes you only make once. Here's the point. In spite of all she does for us, we too often become impatient with her. We get so used to her taking care of things that we come to expect it and are then outraged when we need clothes and they're still dirty. Kids are outraged when they get up for school and say, Mom, you didn't iron that already? Mom, the milk's gone. Why didn't you go to the grocery store? Or Mom, I can't believe you made that. You know I like gravy on that. Didn't you have time to get that done? She's picking you up at school because you don't want to have to ride the bus. But you scold her for being five minutes late. Today, love her patiently. Because she's tender to your needs is no reason to take advantage of your mother. It's reason to be patient and love her all the more. And students, let me just throw this out to you. It's unfair of you to be more kind and considerate with the parents of your friends than you are your own parents. It's not fair and it's not right for you to treat your best friend's mother nicely and treat your own rudely. If you treated your friends like you treat your mom, you wouldn't have friends. And if you treated your friend's mom like you treat your mom, their mom wouldn't let you come to the house anymore. Your mom deserves better. She's not a rug to wipe every negative thought on. She deserves your best. So be patient with your mother. One mother wrote, Today is a test of all tests for me and my little girl. My husband and I had taken the course Financial Peace University with Dave Ramsey. And we'd started to see real progress in reducing our family debt load. We had started using envelopes, and every month I would take the cash and I would put them in these envelopes, knowing just what we had to spend for each thing, and knowing that we would not go over that. We purchased a paper shredder to destroy every credit card application that we got in the mail, so that we would not be tempted. This morning, my preschool-aged daughter had taken our food envelope for the month that had $360 in it, and she ran it through the paper shredder. <clears throat> that was my thought, too. 
This mother wrote, before I came to know Christ five months ago, I would have flipped a lid. Today, I looked at her and while trembling, tried not to cry in front of her. But she looked up at me and she said, what's wrong, mommy? I took her to her room and explained the situation. And my little girl cried for 20 minutes telling me she was sorry. It was really all my fault because I had used the shredder earlier today and had forgotten to turn it off. And also, I should never have left the envelope in a place where she could reach it. That's not a good idea. But hey, some lessons we learned the hard way. But today I will be patient with my little girl. And today we need to be patient with our mothers. There was a letter that was read on Dobson's Focus on the Family from an 80-year-old mother. And she wrote this, To all my children, I suppose that today the thoughts are of me. She goes, This is a good time to tell you what I really want for Mother's Day are things that I can never get enough of and you can't buy them because they're free. I want the intangibles today. I would like for you to come and sit with me. And for you to be relaxed while you're sitting with me. We can talk. We can be silent. I would just like for us to be together without you texting somebody else while you are with me. I need your patience when I don't hear what you say the first time. I know how tiresome it is to always be repeating, but sometimes I have to ask you to repeat because I need your patience. I also need you to be patient when I think too much about the past. With my slowness and my set ways. I want you to be tolerant with what the years have done to me physically. Please be understanding about my personal care habits. I spill things. You used to as well. I lose things. So did you. I get unduly excited when I try to figure out my bank statements. I can't remember sometimes if I've taken my medication. I can't remember sometimes if I took it already. I too take many naps. Sometimes I sleep just to help pass the time of day when there's no one else to talk to. Well, there you have it. What I want for Mother's Day is time, patience, and understanding. Those are priceless gifts that I want. And finally, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, and I know I can too. It's a wonderful feeling to know that his eye is on one sparrow, and I know he cares for me. I guess getting old isn't too bad after all. Love your mother. So love her patiently. Fourthly, love her attentively. Mothers, listen to you as you pour out your heart like nobody else in the world. She has a sympathetic ear. Always has. Even as adults, you know that when you have a problem, the first person you call is mom. Dad answers the phone. He says, Dad, can you put mom on the phone? Because moms listen. And moms generally are always going to be on your side. I was thinking about that when uh, I was remembering a move that we made when I was in sixth grade. I was a very, very short child. In fact, when I was turned 16 years old, I was four feet, 11 inches tall. That was a fun driver's test. I could have led my instructor to the Lord. As a sixth grader, I was always the one that got to hold the signs because I was the shortest one in class. And moving to a new neighborhood, moving to a new state. I remember going outside and starting to play a game with the neighborhood kids in the air, just trying to get to know them. And, and one of the bigger kids instantly figured that the best nickname he could give me would be Munchkin. And so that was what the neighborhood kids began to call me. And on the outside, I'm laughing and trying to joke and just take it all in, trying to fit in. But I remember at the end of that game going in and I hit the refrigerator and I just slid down it on my back and I just began to cry. And my mom, while she was unpacking boxes, getting in the new house, just stopped everything and pulled a chair over and sat in front of me. And I just began to 
to pour out all of the things that are not fair about life. You mothers know that conversation with your children. There's just a lot of things that aren't fair about life. And you can't explain some things. You just have to listen. And I remember knowing my mother was very task-oriented, that it was a huge thing for her to stop a task just to listen to me. I thought about that time again years later when I was with her in the hospital and the doctors had told us she had just a few hours before she was going to go be with Jesus and she could no longer speak, but her mouth would get dry and we had this little water bottle and each of us kids took turns spending the night in the hospital with mom. Whenever she would get thirsty, she would just make a little motion with her finger. And we would go over and spray her mouth and just whisper in her ear. And I remember thinking, this is my time to just be there. And just to love her attentively. It's no wonder we like to talk to mom because moms listen. But some of your mothers are older now and they have issues. And now it's your turn to be her rock. It's your turn to listen. For you, it's payback time. And some of you say, but she's always complaining. Yes, just like you did. All she talks about is herself. Yes, so did you. She asked the same question over and over. And where do you think you got that from? In their older days, our parents have many fears and anxieties. And may we treat them with the hope of the way we want to be treated when we are there that day. And when we are the ones in their shoes. So... Love your mother attentively. Fifthly, love her gratefully. An elementary science class had been studying magnets. And the teacher was really enjoying the fact because this was something the kids seemed to dive into and was greatly enjoying how they would move magnets around and objects would jump to them and move around the tables. And at the end of the semester, the exam question that the teacher wrote out was a six-letter word that starts with M that picks things up. And do you know what half the class wrote? Mother. Not magnet. Your mom needs a sincere thank you, and not just today, but from a genuinely thankful heart. And thank her when she least expects it. Today, she's expecting it. It's when you call next week that she's not expecting it. And tell her then how thankful you are that she's your mom. She will really appreciate it then. And for those of you that are in this great stage of life where you have both children and parents, these are the best days of your life. So enjoy them. When you can be surrounded by those who are your children and those who gave you life. It should help you realize two truths. One is about parents. We won't always have them. And another about our children. Teach them well how to treat parents because they're watching how you treat your parents and they will treat you the same way. I'm sorry. Sixthly, love your mom generously. There's nothing too good for her. You could never repay her. 
fact, I love watching moms as school kids are getting ready for schools, and I see moms wearing shoes that are worn out and coats that are too old. And they're spending all their money on their kids because they want their kids to look good and to fit in at school. Moms rarely spend money on themselves and always take care of your needs first, and they would gladly go without if they can make sure that you have what you want. Moms clear their schedules so that they can run around for you, and she gives up opportunities that she could have to make sure that you can have all of the opportunities that you were afforded. I read a story recently after the earthquakes in Japan. After they had subsided, the rescuers were running around trying to reach the ruins of some of the homes that had fallen down, and they got to the home of a young married couple, and they rushed there, and they were reaching through, and they could see through the cracks the body of this little Japanese mother, and she's bent over, and she's leaning on a couch in a position as if she is praying. The rescuers reached their hands through to, to grab a hold of her, and they could feel instantly when they touched her that she was gone. Recognizing there may be others that are still alive, they left that home and began to move on. But there was one of the rescuers that couldn't get out of his mind the position that she was in because it was so unusual. And so he, he felt to go back. And as he went back, not only did he reach for her body, but this time he reached in the little cavity that she had created by her body. And he reached down and he felt the blanket and it was moving. And he screamed for the rec rescuers to come. And with great difficulty, they began to move things around and rec recognize that this little mother had put her three-month-old son underneath her and had leaned on the couch and the house had collapsed on top of her. And as they removed the piles around the dead woman and they brought out this three-month-old little boy, he was, he was sound asleep and doing well. They quickly handed the baby to a doctor who unwrapped the blanket and was shocked to discover the mother's cell phone in the blanket. And she had given him a text message that said this on the screen. If you can survive, you must always remember that I love you. This cell phone was passed around to all of the workers and every one of them began to burst into tears. Recognizing that if you can survive, you must remember that I love you. A mother that was willing to give everything to make sure her children were safe. So love her generously. Seventhly, love her honorably the bible tells us in exodus 20:12, honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land the lord may give thee it's the only promise the only commandment with a promise this is binding as long as your mother lives another command says children obey but obeying and honor is different. You see, obeying is for children when they're small. Honor is for those of us that when we grow up know how to treat our mothers and, and our fathers. When we no longer are under the direct influence of their care. But some of you could say, yes, but my mother was not honorable. You do not know my mom. You do not know what kind of a woman she was. And I do not know, but I do know that there was no condition to this promise. The Bible tells us, especially us who have Christ living within us, that we are to honor our mothers. And perhaps it is for you to set an example for a new generation. The Bible says nothing about qualifications, just that we are to honor. And so I ask you today to honor your mothers. As just about all of you know, my wife is a school teacher. And we found a book quite some time ago that... We've handed out to many of you when you have given birth. By the way, 
Pastor Julie gave birth this week, for those of you that may not have known that, and she has a beautiful daughter that better grow up to love her mother in seven ways. Beautiful little girl, and we're so thankful for Joel and Julie and big brother Ben. I forgot to announce that. See, the older you get, your mind wanders. But this book says, Love You Forever. Some of you are familiar with this book, but I want to read it to you this morning before I call our mothers up to pray because I think it's funny and I think it's appropriate for us this morning. I told some of you today was going to be a sappy day. It is. We can do this. It's Mother's Day. A mother held her new baby and very slowly rocked him back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And while she held him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I like you for always, and as long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. The baby grew. He grew and he grew and he grew and he grew until he was two years old. And then he ran all around the house and he pulled all the hooks off the shelves and he pulled all the food out of the refrigerator. And he took his mother's watch and he flushed it down the toilet. Sometimes his mother would say, this kid is driving me crazy. But at nighttime... When the two-year-old was quiet, she would open the door to his room and she would crawl across the floor and she would peek her eyes over his bed. And if he was really asleep, she would pick him up and she would rock him back and forth and back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. And as long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. The little boy grew. He grew and he grew and he grew and he grew until he was nine years old. And he never wanted to come in for dinner. He never wanted to take a bath. And when grandma visited, he always said bad words. Sometimes his mother wanted to sell him to the zoo. But at night, when he was asleep, his mother quietly opened the door to his room and crawled across the floor and looked up over the side of his bed. And if he was really asleep... She picked up that nine-year-old boy and she rocked him back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. And as long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. And the boy grew. He grew and he grew and he grew and he grew until he was a teenager. He had strange friends. And he wore strange clothes. And he listened to some strange music. And sometimes his mother felt like she was living in a zoo. But at night, when that teenager was asleep, the mother opened the door to his room and crawled across the floor and looked up over the side of his bed. And if he was really asleep, she picked up that great big boy and she rocked him back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever and I'll like you for always as long as I'm living. My baby, you'll be. That teenager grew. He grew and he grew and he grew and he grew until he became a grown up man and he left home and got a house across town. But sometime on dark nights, that mother got into her car and drove across town with a ladder on her car. And if all the lights in her son's house were out, she opened his bedroom window and crawled across the floor and looked up over the side of his bed. And if that great big man was really asleep, she picked him up. She rocked him back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And while she rocked him, she sang, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. Well, that mother, she got older. She got older and older and older. And one day she called up her son and she said, you'd better come see me because I'm very old and sick. So her son came to see her. And when he 
came in the door. She tried to sing the song. She sang, I'll love you forever. I like you for always. But she couldn't finish because she was too old and sick. The son went to his mother and he picked her up and he rocked her back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And he sang this song, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my mommy you'll be. And when the son came home that night, he stood for a long time at the top of his stairs. And then he went into the room where his very new baby daughter was sleeping. And he picked her up in his arms and very slowly rocked her back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And while he rocked her, he sang, I'll love you forever and I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby, you'll be. I'm going to ask our mothers if you would stand and please come forward to the front. I'd like to pray for you. Thank you, Larry, for coming to the keyboard so that Karen can come and stand with the mothers. Anybody else cry besides me today? That's why we have Kleenex all over the sanctuary. Can we spread a little bit so all the mothers can make it to the front here? Wow. Moms, we love you. There's really... No way to put into words the way we feel. We wouldn't be here without you, and we can't do life without you. For those of us whose mothers have already gone on to heaven, I told Jesus to tell my mom to love her today. Some of you are in that same boat. Some of you are blessed to not only be standing here as a mother, but to have your mother with you. There's no amount of meals or flowers or corsages or cars that can even begin to put into words the things that we feel for you as our mothers. But we're going to pray for you. And for those of you that may be standing here and perhaps your thoughts of moms are not pleasant thoughts. Maybe your mom had a hard time. Today's a good day to forgive her and let it go and just honor her. You still wouldn't be here without her. For all the men and women and the children and the teenagers here, I'm going to ask you to stand and if you just kind of stretch forth a hand toward moms up here. I'm going to pray for you and then we're going to hug you like crazy. Yep, there's Kleenex. Go ahead and take them. Father, I know that when you were creating you, you took a rib from Adam, but you made some major modifications to that rib modifications that have given special sensitivities. Something about a mother's tear that can mean so many different things. It can mean joy. It can mean happiness. It can mean my heart's broken with you. Mom's tears that can heal boo-boos and mom's hugs that just can convey understanding of any issues that we go through in life. 
today, Lord, as these moms are standing at the front of our church at this very special place that we call the altar, I ask, Lord God, that you would somehow let it settle deep within their heart the depth of the feelings that we have for them. Sometimes we don't say it often enough, and sometimes there are those that don't say it at all. But today, God, give us the ability through a look, through a touch, through, through the generosity of our hearts to let mom know there's nobody in the world like you. And may we learn these seven lessons of the ways that we can love mom. Yes, even loving her to give her our attention without a cell phone or text messaging, just to be there. Lord, I pray for these mothers and especially pray for those, Lord, who are both enjoying the fact that they are parents and their parents are still with them. That they would enjoy these years because it's as good as it gets. And for those of us who have great memories of moms who have already gone on, Lord Jesus, I know that my mom's name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life and I'm going to see her again, but you just take care of her till I get there. You can give her a hug again. And I pray, Lord, for those who have adopted moms and others who have stepped alongside of me and loved me like my mom. I pray for them today as well, oh God. So, Lord, thank you for creating these wonderful women. Bless them today, I pray. Every tear they shed is precious to you and they're precious to us. We ask your blessing on them in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.